Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. I've titled this message this morning, The Invitation. Everybody look at your neighbor and tell them, The Invitation. invitation. Now, let me start by saying that all of us have had the pleasure of being invited, receiving invitations in the mail, maybe hand-delivered to you for baby showers, for birthday parties, for wedding celebrations. In fact, the inviter typically, nowadays, they go on their computer, create these beautiful little invitations and send them out. Or they even go to a print shop if they really want to go all the way and and create these G&G invitations, Gregory and Gloria, and, uh, and then create them for their wedding. And how many know what I'm talking about, right? And those are beautiful invitations. The whole point of that is that the inviter spent some time, spent some thought into who was going to be at this event and, and in creating that invitation. They spent some time. It wasn't just, by the way, it was they took the time to invite you, to call you, to be there. They wanted your presence to be there. Amen. When my brother got married last year, he and Lori took the time to create these beautiful invitations, send them out, and some of you were there at the wedding, and it was a a special, beautiful day. How many of us, uh, though, on a different level, have received mail, junk mail, their invitations for a new Discover credit card, the new Chase Credit Freedom Bank, you know, low interest rate, no interest till 2019, and yada, 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 right? Or refinancing. We get these all the time if you're a homeowner. Or just all this junk mail, they're invitations for you, but they usually sit on your counter unopened, and they go straight into the trash or into your recycling. Amen? That's what I do with these. There's also... Another invitation that every one of you here have received. Every one of you have received this invitation. It's a spiritual invitation is what I'm talking about. Some of you have opened it up. Some of you have glanced at it. Some of you have actually followed through and attended based on that, what that invitation said. For myself, when I was 20 years old, I received that invitation but it just sat on my counter, my spiritual counter, so to speak. I didn't want to open it. I wasn't interested in it. To me, it was junk mail. It wasn't until my mid-20s that all of a sudden that invitation I received way back when, all of a sudden now, I was like tearing that open going, what was that? I need that. It, it, it perked my, my ears, my attention. God got a hold of me and said, you don't have to continue doing the same thing every day. I've got a better plan for you. How many have discovered that to be the truth? Amen. And aren't you thankful you accepted that invitation, that you opened that invitation? Amen. It's life transforming. And every one of us have received that. And there may be a specific time each of you can pinpoint in your life right now. You can exactly pinpoint a time when someone conveyed to you that invitation, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe it was just an invitation to come to church where you would hear the gospel preached for the very first time. 
And you can remember, possibly like me, going, ah, oh, thank you, but yeah, I'm not interested. Or worse, like me telling them where they could take that invitation. That's what I used to do when I was 20 to this one particular guy that would bug me. And it was that we had a night job and it was him and I and a security guard every single night of the week. And so we would take our breaks at the same time because there was nobody else around. But this guy, this, this, this believer in Christ, this born-again believer, Larry, who has been here, he kept bugging me every single night. He'd open up his Bible. He'd open it up. And then he'd, he'd begin to ask me questions. And it's like, I would finally just tell him straight up. I said, Larry, I don't want to hear your stuff. And it wasn't until, uh, you know, in my mid-20s that all that, that he had planted in my heart, which was a seed, began to sprout and began to take, take shape and form. And, and the desire for what he had was just overwhelming. I wanted what he had. Even though years prior, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. I, in fact, I told him where to put it. And now here I am desiring what he had. Amen. Amen. Thank, I am thankful that God gave me that invitation. Amen. 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 This morning, if you can stand with me, I'd like for you to turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 through 30 in your uh, Bibles. It's also on the outline that you have. If you have an outline, if you don't have an outline, raise your hand. One will be given to you. Raise your hand. We need some outlines. So um, they're going to get them to you right now. I'll give, I'll give them a few moments just so that everyone has one. Matthew chapter 11, and I'm going to start my reading in verse 28. Verse 28. And Jesus here is teaching, teaching about the kingdom of God in, in this chapter. But here specifically in verse 28. Listen to these words of Jesus. And I'm reading out of the New International Version. It says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 30, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Lord, your word is eternal. It's, it's alive, Lord. Even right now, it speaks to my heart. It delights my heart, my spirit, to know that, that, Father, you're there with me every step of the way. That you don't want me to be overburdened, overwhelmed. Lord, you're going to walk with me through those trials, through those struggles. And you're going to help me because you love me. Because you love each one here today. So Father, we pray your anointing on this word that we would have ears to receive your word. That it would be anointed into our hearing. Your word is anointed. That's not the question. May our ears receive it this morning and speak directly to every need here today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. This is uh, just a beautiful set of verses because, I don't know about you, but when I first read that, come to me all who are weary. Doesn't that describe all of us? Who isn't weary nowadays? Who isn't burdened and and, uh, overwhelmed and weary and tired? Because he goes on to say, I 
the Lord will give you rest. Oh, those are just beautiful words to me. Especially when you're working and you're doing life and, and things are going on all around you and things can become overwhelming and, and there's the, the financial stress of situations and emotional stress of relationships and you complicate all that and mix it all together. Lord, I need some rest. I need some physical rest. I need some mental rest, some spiritual rest. Jesus is saying, I'm here to meet that demand for you today. Amen? Amen. There's a verse that's just as important, which we we didn't read. It's the prior verse, verse 27. I want to read that to you right now. Jesus here is saying, All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Those two statements offer more knowledge about God. Notice here, That Jesus reveals God to us. Who reveals God to us? Jesus does. Whose job is it? Jesus. The word of God here declares who God is. But who, who, who declares this word in here? This word is centered around one person. Jesus Christ. From beginning to end. There are so many prophecies in the Old Testament. Isaiah, Zechariah. Uh, Jeremiah, that are filled with prophecies of our soon coming King, Jesus Christ, fulfilled in the New Testament. It's all a love story about one person, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Jesus is the one that reveals God to us. Now, he's revealing God to us through the Holy Spirit, through his word. But it starts with Jesus. Jesus alone reveals the word to you. It's not another person. It wasn't Larry, in my case, that revealed Jesus to me. It was God working through him that revealed Jesus to me. Amen? It was the love of God working through him. You keep doing what you're doing when you're speaking to your neighbors, your friends, your family. Keep loving them. Why would they want to come here if if you choose not to love them, is the way I would put it as well. You love on others. You love on them. Amen? Amen? I want to talk to you real quickly this morning about four points regarding this invitation. Number one, God is revealed only by Jesus Christ. Say that with me. God is revealed only by Jesus Christ. Only Jesus Christ tells me of his love or for sinners or his plan to redeem us. Only Jesus Christ does that. Amen. Amen. Matthew 11 and 27, which we just read. Nobody knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. You see, God is here. God lives inside of you and I. Think about that. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, lives inside of you and I. I, That should just, right there, blow your mind. mind. Amen. Amen. Should just blow your mind. Just that alone. We we shouldn't be able to fathom how that works. Almighty God, who robed himself in flesh, manifested in the flesh, now lives in here, in me. And, And we can say, oh, but Pastor Rick, I'm not good enough. Well, you know what? None of us are good enough. None of us are good enough. That's the trick of the enemy. The enemy will throw that right at you. Say, I know who you are. I know the real you. I saw what you were doing last night, yesterday. I know who, how you operate. And God is saying, no, get out of the way, devil. I got this. He's my son. Amen. He's my daughter. She's my daughter. Wow. I got this. Amen? Amen. 
God is here. Christ, the Son of God, is here to reveal himself to you. Amen? Amen. Now, I may be talking to the choir here. Maybe that's something you already know. Maybe it's something that you need to hear again, though. Oftentimes, we need to hear the the basic foundations of what brought us to this place. Amen? Sometimes we need to be reminded of why why we're in church, why we do what we do. And it's because Jesus spoke to you. Amen? If you're looking for God in your career, he's not there. If you're looking for God in a state job, he's not there. If you're looking for God in engineering, he's not there. If you're looking for God in a gated community, he's not there. If you're looking for God in retirement, he's not there. If you're looking for God at the outlets, at the Michael Coor store, he's not there. Amen. He's not going to be found there. Now, what we know is even in in higher education, and there's nothing wrong with higher education. Believe me, I'm not saying anything wrong with higher education. But if you're looking for God there, you will not find him there. Even in nature, we can, even if you didn't have the knowledge of the word of God, and if you weren't a church member, you could go out into nature without knowing anything about anything and come to the realization that there is a God. Amen? Amen. That there is a God that put this together. This was not just created by some big bang explosion many millions and trillions of years ago. There was design and purpose in what you see around us. Amen? Amen. I, love, I love when I go to places like South Lake Tahoe, like Yosemite. To me, those are just places of God's creation. Uh, that I'm reminded that, Lord, you put that mountain right there, half dome, so that I can enjoy that. Yes. You put that, those, those snowy peaks there at Lake Tahoe, South Lake Tahoe, so that I can enjoy that vista. Yes. You put that beautiful lake way up here, 7,000 feet high, so that we can enjoy that. Amen. That, to me, reminds me of God's beautiful design and creation. Amen? Amen. And then I get this on top of it. Oh, man, I, I, that's confirmation for me. But here's the problem with, uh, with intellectuals. They try to explain God. They try to understand God. And what God is saying, no, you need to understand me. His ways are higher than our ways. Amen? Amen. 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 We, can, we can know God partially through creation is what I'm saying. We can know him partially. But only Jesus Christ will tell us the plan for sinners and, and, and those that have fallen short. Only Jesus Christ declares that plan. Amen? Amen? Jesus, again, declared he was the Son of God. He was the way, the truth, and the life. Yes. He didn't say, I'm a way. He didn't say, I'm a truth. He didn't say, I'm a life. He said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. And I am the life. Amen? Yes. And uh, that's what you and I as believers know. And we declare. Amen? Amen. Point number two Listen to this. God is revealed only... Oh, let's go to point number two here. God is revealed only to little children. Little children. I think it's on there. Point number two. There it is. God is revealed only to little children. Now think about that for a second. Hmm, Pastor Rick, I'm not a little children anymore. What are you saying? Well, listen to this, right? Matthew 11 and verse 25 Another verse here that we didn't read. Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, 
because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children, to little children. That's a beautiful verse right there. And going back to the intellectuals, ever wonder why it's so hard for them to comprehend the ways of God? The Bible clear, is clear here when it says, He, the Lord, has hidden these things from the wise and the learned. See, they're trying to understand it on their intellectual level. That will never, ever happen. God speaks to us spiritually. He connects with us spiritually. And only on that level will you and I ever connect. Amen? The Greek word that's used here for little children is actually, the Greek word is babies. Babies. And it's not talking about a little uh, beautiful baby like this little boy right here. It's talking about um, not, not those newborns by age, but rather the childlike and humble people in their approach, in their personality. Amen? The way they come humbly and childlike. You ever meet people that are the opposite of that, just very arrogant? very cocky, and they don't have a humble bone in their body, God can't speak to that person. It is impossible for God to speak to that person because they get in their own way. They get in their own way. But yet on the other hand, what God is saying is, if you come humbly as a little child, little child comes, they don't have any issues with nobody, right? Again, you know, you've seen this in the playground. This, This little young boy can be in a little sandbox somewhere, he could, uh, they could fight for one second over a toy, and one minute later, they're still best friends. Amen. There's not a problem with them. They, they, and we adults, we complicate that and make it so bad and twist it all around because we can't learn to be humble. Yes. We, 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 we mess it up for God. Amen? Amen? So again, the Lord wants us to be childlike and humble in our approach to Him. Yes. Are you doing that? Yes. My question is, are you doing that today? Yes. Are you doing that with your family yes. even? Are you being ch- childlike and humble? Because when you do that, that's an easy approach to take. Anybody can, can deal with you when you're of that nature, of that personality. Amen? Be careful if you're putting on arrogance instead of humility. If you're declaring to others how great you are, what accomplishments you've done, um, the the bachelors and the masters and the and the uh, doctorate that you got. If you're pointing to all those to show people how great you are, be careful. Be careful. Amen. Amen. You will fall even with all those accomplishments. Amazingly short of God. Amen. Amazingly short yeah. of God. God doesn't want us to close our intellectual minds. And that's not what I'm trying to say here, is that you can't be intellectual. He wants you to open your mind. He wants you to open your mind and think out of the box. We get stuck in this little box of thinking God can only operate like this. God can only operate here. God can only do things like this way when we fail to realize my ways are not his ways, and God can choose whatever he wants to do anytime he wants to do. Amen? We, far too often, is what I see in the church, is that we put God in a box. God is not in a box. You and I may be, but God Almighty is not in a box. We should be willing to humble ourselves, open our minds to him, to allow him to work in our lives. Amen? Are you willing to do that with me? Are you willing just to open up yourself and say, Lord... 
Help me to get out of the way so that you can come in and do your work in my life. Yes. Amen. Amen. Number three, and I told you I was going to go through these quickly. Number three, Jesus invites us to come to him. He invites us to come to him. That's important because the first invitation was this. In verse 28 where Jesus said these words, Come unto me all. Everybody say all. All. And in the Greek, you know what that word means? It means all. It means all. It means all. All. Everybody. The Greek is the, is the, uh, what the New Testament was written in. That was the language of that time. And that word means all. All who? Who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Again, I don't know about you, but just that verse alone. I will give you rest. It's just soothing like waters on a stream, a waterfall flowing, and beautiful you know, trees all around, and beautiful granite rock all around. I, I mean, I'm just painting a beautiful scene right here, right? To me. And that's what that sounds like. I will give you rest. And that's what he's saying to you and I. He will give you rest today. Notice to whom this invitation is addressed, though. Notice, he's speaking to each one of us. He's speaking to everyone here. Everyone here. It doesn't matter. Well, Pastor Rick, I got saved 25 years ago. I got saved 35 years ago. I got saved 45 years ago. He's still speaking to you today. That's right. He's still reminding you today. Amen. He's still reminding you. Are you, are you still coming, coming to me childlike and humble? Yes. I love when I hear some of your prayer requests because that attitude comes out. The child, like the humbleness, it comes out. And I'm going, God, I know you're pleased with that person. I know you're pleased with that attitude. And I love that as a pastor when I hear that. Or just in talking to you, you know, how I hear that. Um, I know in this church, we don't have those type of people that are arrogant and, you know, full of themselves and cocky. And, you know, those are in other churches, but not here in this church. And I thank God for that. Amen? Amen. Amen. So again, he's speaking to each one of us. Did you notice how in, in that verse, he likens us, he's comparing us to oxen? You know, most of the time in, in the Bible, we're compared to sheep. In this verse, he's comparing us to ox or oxen. And, and when he says um, a yoke, does anybody here know what a yoke is? Let me explain to you what a yoke is in the, old, in the Old Testament and the New Testament here. But essentially, a yoke was a wooden a harness that was put on the ox to have them, to drive them, to have them do, and they were controlled by the person who was driving them. That yoke, when they put them in tandem, was a harness to control them, and it was a burden on them. It was heavy. It was a heavy piece of wood, and what Jesus is saying is, we have the yoke of our burdens on our life, our stresses, the the stress of, of something that you're fearful of, the financial stresses, the relational stresses, the job stresses, the lack of job stresses. We have all these burdens on us, right? And Jesus is saying, hey, I'll take that yoke from you and yeah. I'll give you rest. How many want that? Amen? Amen. How many want that? Amen. God is saying, I don't care what it is, financial stress, marriage stress, relation. I can take that and, and give you my yoke, yeah. which is easy. And, and again, he's reminding you and I that he's here today to give that to you. Amen? Amen. God is so good to us. Right. He is so good to us. Thank you, Lord. Yes. We're often too burdened with our anxieties and our fears. 
Let me just repeat again what a fear is. It's a false expectation appearing real. Fear is a false expectation appearing real. It's not real. It's false. Our temptations, our responsibilities, and our loneliness are sometimes part of those burdens that, that overwhelm us. Oh, you know, my, my, my biological clock is ticking. I'm, I'm going to get so, you know, and on and on and on. Or I haven't met the right person. Or, man, the grass looks greener on that side than it does over here. All these things that we get so mistakenly wrapped up in our minds, which are from the devil himself. Amen? You got to rebuke that and realize, God, give me, give me your yoke. Remove those burdens from me. Remove those thoughts from me. Amen? There can be this sense in your life at times that no matter what you do, there's no meaning or purpose. Ever been there? You're going through life and there's no meaning. There's no purpose. You get up tomorrow, Monday morning, those that are still working, like me, and you get up early and you go to work. And, and, and if you're not careful following this, you can begin to get this attitude of, well, here I go again, another Monday Another week, another month at this job I hate with people I don't like. And why am I going there? And man, what a pitiful existence if that's really the case. Yeah, I'm not saying that's, that's me, but, but you know, at times it can seem that way, right? For all of us, we've all been there. God's got a greater plan for you than that. He didn't create you to, to live miserably in this life. He's got a greater plan for each of you. You're his son and you're his daughter. Amen? You're a child of the king. You have out of this world benefits that are available to you that nobody else has out here in society because they are not children of the king. We don't need to feel burdened every day with the same thing, the same situation, never even getting better. If you're burdened today with those thoughts, he invites you today to come to him. Even if you're a born-again believer, you can be overwhelmed with these things at times. You can become saddled with the issues of life. Just because you're a believer doesn't mean they go away. And there's a, there's a yellow brick road filled with roses all the way down until eternal life. No. No, what God promises you is through those times that it gets bad, He's going to walk with you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to encourage you. Amen? Yes. Amen. He does. Those who are healthy don't need a doctor, but only those who are sick are the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 9. Those who are healthy don't need a doctor, but only those who are sick. We often say the churches. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost Hospital, right? This is where you come to spiritually get well. If you don't have a home church, it's tough to get spiritually well. If you're outside of church all the time, you're going to be sick. I'm just telling you right now, you're going to be sick. And God's design was that the church would be a place, a hospital of sorts, so that you can receive your healing. Amen? I'm speaking about spiritual sickness here. We come to him when we sense our burdens, when we're overwhelmed, when we sense our, sin, our sins, our, our, our wrongdoings. Yes. You know, in a lot of churches nowadays, they don't use that word sins. Did you know that? They're afraid to use that word sin, that we have sinned. How many know what I'm talking about? There are churches in this day and age in our society that refuse to use that word. 
And I'm here to remind you that all of us have sinned, including Pastor Rick. All of us have done wrong, have been uh, found guilty of committing wrongdoings. Amen? Amen. God is willing to forgive you. It doesn't matter who you are. The very first step in that is to admit that you need him. To come childlike. To humbly come before him and say, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I'm tired of trying to work this out. I'm tired of trying to, to figure this out on my own. I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's where you have to get to. And when you take that first step, how many know that Jesus comes running to you? When you take that first step, Jesus comes running to you. Amen? Amen. You ever seen that, that little baby boy right there? When, when you let him walk to mama, what does he do? He starts running. He, you know, in, in his way that he can run, he doesn't just take little child. He'll start running and he'll stumble and, and he'll fall, but he wants to run yes. to his parent. And, and much the same way, Jesus Christ, when we take that first step, he comes running to us. Because that's all he wants, is to be acknowledged that you've chosen yes. him yes. over your own life. Yes. Amen? Yes. You don't need to be arrogant and proud and continue to say, I can manage life all by myself. I don't need that help. Far too often we say that. Far too often we think we're in control of our own destiny, of our life. And Jesus say, no, no, you're going to keep butting your head, butting your head. And you're going to keep running into the same issues of life until you admit that you need my help. The sooner you do that, the better off it will be for you. Amen. So what does Jesus offer you with this invitation? What does he offer you? Well, first of all, he offers, according to these scriptures, to ease your yoke, to remove that pain, to lift your burden, to give you rest, and to set you free. Amen? Amen? I I don't know about you, but when I first got saved in my mid-20s, it felt like 100 pounds was lifted off of my shoulders, literally. I felt like a hundred pound weight had been taken off my shoulders. I remember getting baptized and coming back thinking, man, this is amazing. I felt like a new creation, like the Bible talks about, but I felt this burden removed. And what it was, was the spiritual sin that I had on my life removed completely because that was weighing me down spiritually. It was weighing me down on my mind and my spirit. I couldn't, I didn't have that rest. And, and as I've told you, I used to have those nightmares. I haven't had a single nightmare in the name of Jesus since then. Amen? And uh, God is good. God is so good. I needed him. I came running to him, and he came running to me. So, again, this is the very free gift of salvation that he's offering you. Yes. Maybe it's recommitting your life today. Maybe it's recommitting it back to where you know it should be. He's offering that to you today. See, it's not complicated. It's free. It's free. You don't have to put money in our offering plate. You don't have to become a member of this church. You don't have to be baptized to receive this free gift of salvation. Now, does God want you to grow and mature? Yes, absolutely. But what he's saying, I'm giving you this gift for free. It's free. Who will take this? Who will take this today? Amen. And then the final point, number four. Jesus invites us to take his yoke upon us. What does that mean? To take his yoke. So I let go of my yoke and I say, Lord, I don't need this. I I can't handle this. I want your yoke. What you're essentially saying is, Lord, 
I don't know how to handle life right now without you. I need you to forgive me, Lord. I need you to forgive me of my sins, my burdens that have brought me to the place I'm at today. And what Jesus is saying right here is to become his disciple is to regard him not only as our savior, but as our Lord and teacher. See, it's one thing to say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. It's another thing to say, thank you, Lord, that you're my teacher, that I look to you for guidance every day, that I look to you for wisdom every day, that you teach me through your word principles of how to be a father, how to be a husband, how to be a co-worker, how to be a manager at work in in my life. Uh, Maybe it's for you how to be that retired person, how to be a, a, a mother, a father, whatever it is that God is challenging you today, he can do that. When you allow him to be Lord of your life, teacher of your life. Amen. Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. As I said earlier, this Christian life isn't going to be thorn free. I mean, know that you're going to poke yourself on those thorns every now and then. Maybe possibly even in church. Someone could, you know, say something unintentional and you may have your feelings hurt. And while I hope that never happens, there's the possibility because we're human and we're imperfect beings. Amen? Amen. All of us are. But what God is saying here is that when we come to Christ, he first eases our yoke, then fits his yoke upon us in its place. He removes our burden like I felt when I first became a believer. He removed my yoke. It was heavy. It was extremely heavy. He removed it and then replaced it with his. And I'm going, wow, this is great, Lord. How come I didn't do this six years ago, ten years ago? I waited until I was in my mid-twenties to hear his voice and to accept him into my life. Amen? Again, a, a, a yoke is a symbol of submission to authority. That's why they put them on the oxen. It's also why God, in, in this case, Jesus Christ is, is using that, that illustration of a yoke upon us. Are we willing to submit to his authority? That's a big question. Not everybody's willing to do that. Not not everybody's willing to receive the blessings that Christ has for you. Based on that invitation. Are you willing to submit to his authority is what he's saying. To take upon the yoke of Christ is to enter his school. To become his disciple. To regard him not only as Savior, but as our Lord and teacher, which includes submitting our minds and our wills to him. What did Jesus Christ say when he was on the cross? Not my will, but yours. Not my will. Even Jesus Christ on the cross knew that he was to submit his life to authority. Amen. Every part of our life must be under sovereign control, under the control of our heavenly father. Jesus is inviting you this morning to learn from the master. When you do this, you are then set free from the bondages of sin. How many know that sin holds you captive? Sin will hold you captive. It's like you're handcuffed. It's like you're chained. Sin will hold you like that. And it's not until Jesus sets you free that you can say goodbye to that sin. Say goodbye to that old life. Amen. Amen. Jesus is saying here. I stand and offer you this invitation to set you free today. To set you free today. So this morning as I close, I want to read the most quoted scripture in the entire Bible. And you know what I'm talking about. John 3.16. 
All of you have heard this, I would dare say, at least a hundred times in your life, if not more. Out of the New International Version, it says the following. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life or have everlasting life. God so loved the world. He loved, in fact, he loves every one of us. I don't care who the baddest person you think is out there, who the worst person you think is out there, God loves that person. And he sent his son that whoever would receive that invitation, open it up and say, yes, Lord, here I am. I humbly come before you. And whoever believes in his son would receive eternal life. Because here's, here's the dilemma. Each of us will spend eternity somewhere. Each of us will, will have an eternity somewhere. Amen? You and I have this free gift available to us right now. And today, I'm asking you today, if you're at a place in your life where you haven't ever accepted this gift, today's the day. The Bible says now is the day. Today is the day of salvation. If you're at a place where you're hearing my words and you're saying, Pastor Rick, I need to recommit my my life to Christ. I know where I should be. I know what I should be doing. If that's you, he's saying today is the day. Today is the day.